Have you ever thought about what it is to be a man? Are you tired of being pushed around by everyone, especially women? Are you tired of not standing up for what you truly believe? Are you tired of living life on autopilot with no fire or passion? Do you want to learn what it takes to be a real man? Do you want to learn how to have healthy relationships and attract the woman you want? Do you want to learn how to stand up for what you believe and stop living life on your knees? Do you want to learn how to ignite your life with passion and purpose? Come with me on this journey from emasculation to initiation as we fight back together against this mandemic. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. It's time to build strong men again. Welcome to the Mandemic Show. Welcome everyone to episode number three of the Mandemic Show. My name is Nick Long, aka Nikki Night Night. To start this new episode, I want to just recap from episode number two. We talked about what does it mean to be a man, right? The question that haunts every man, that most men never want to talk about, that most men have never even probably considered growing up from boy into being man. And I believe that most of us as men who are walking around older now still feel like we're living as a boy. There's still this boyish nature inside of us that we've never actually grown up, even though we've gotten jobs, we have our own houses, we have our own family, but yet there's still something lacking. There's still a strength that we don't necessarily possess. We don't necessarily know how much strength we have or that we have what it takes to come through, not only for ourselves, but for our, our wives, our families, our communities, the service that we give back to other people. A lot of this we don't know. There's still question marks on. So we talked about a lot of that and what it means to be initiated into manhood. Have we ever had a father figure that taught us what it was to be a man. Most of our fathers probably have never been initiated themselves, and so they don't know. So if, it's almost like if we're completely dependent upon our fathers to teach us that most of us have been let down and it's not necessarily their fault because their fathers maybe never taught them. And so there's this generational thing and this cycle, like we say, Hard times creating strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times. There's cycles. And so our, from our bloodline, you know, there could be certain things that have been passed down to us that it's not necessarily our fault. It's just what we inherited. I believe that the journey of being initiated as a man is vital and for us to really ponder what that looks like and, and who in our lives is that mentor? Who is that male role model that we have? Do we even have a male role model? 
Because if not, it may be something that we explore and really try to uh, search for, to have that masculine figure who has been tested, who's been put through the fire, who has a lot of life experience and can teach us how to be a man. And so we talked also about, you know, back in biblical times when all of creation started, the, the documents that we have of how it all began and with Adam and Eve in the garden and how the commandment for Adam was, you're going to tend to this garden that I put you in. You can eat from all the trees of this garden. You can't eat from this one. And that tree was the knowledge of good and evil. So I believe from the very beginning, as Eve was tempted by Satan, and Adam said and did nothing, he was standing right there. He let it all go down. This was the fall of mankind. Roles were reversed. Eve took the lead. She was deceived. And so it's not saying that women cannot lead at all. It's just saying the roles were reversed in that scenario. And this is the fundamental defect that we inherit from Adam and Eve. So literally every other human being that was created after them was born into this. They inherited that gene, so to speak, right? Just like we inherit certain genes from our mother and our father that gives us our physical features and character traits and all that stuff. There's tons of genes that we inherit. Well, we inherited the sins of Adam and Eve, the fall of mankind. And it started by Adam not taking the lead and letting the temptation deceive his wife. And they both ended up falling and did not obey what God told them to do. When it comes to man and woman, the men are designed to lead. That's where they thrive. And I believe that if you can recall any situation where you let your woman take the lead, where things didn't work out and ended up being a lot worse, it's not necessarily the woman's fault, it's the man's fault because you didn't step in and take the lead. And I can recall time and time again in my own relationships over the years, I relate to Adam almost all the time. And all of my failures and setbacks and my weaknesses all stem from that, from fleeing. See, we have a fight or flight response when confrontation arises. Are you more of a fighter? You may be one that when confrontation comes to your doorstep, you're ready to push your fists up and fight immediately, and that's your reaction. Or you may be more like me and have always been one to just flee. I'm just going to run. I'm going to avoid the confrontation. I'm going to avoid the conflict. I'm going to put my head in the sand. I'm going to act like it's not even there, and it just makes matters worse. Whether you're a fighter or a fleer, both can be bad in any situation. I believe balance is very critical when it comes to that. Knowing when to fight, but also knowing when to flee. I believe there's pros and cons to both. But it's been so interesting because recently I've been pondering. You can tell a lot by what's in theaters, you know, in, in the movies. Recently, now this is November of 2022, over the past few months or so, there's been a couple movies that have come out. One of them was called The Woman King. Now, 
aside from knowing anything about the movie, uh, which I really don't know much about, but just hearing that title kind of made me cringe. The Woman King. Does that even make sense? Now, I know people may get offended by hearing backlash towards that, but think about that. The Woman King. I don't even think there is such a thing. But they're trying to make it into something by saying that. Trying to elevate woman to take and replace man. I don't know if anyone else has that same observation when you hear that. But when I hear the woman king, to me, it's either a king or a queen. You know what I mean? If you're a man, you can be a king. If you're a woman, that refers to you as a queen. The woman king. Huh. And also the Black Panther movie, the newest one that just came out. Again, I don't know much about it or the first Black Panther. I I have no idea. But all I heard from somebody was that they now inserted a female as the main actor as the Black Panther, where it was, it used to be a male. I understand equality, all that stuff, but do you see what's happening? This stuff is not by accident. There is purpose, there is intent behind doing these things. It's like putting it right in front of your face, but it's like a form of deception because we just see it as just a normal movie and just entertainment. So I'm just going to watch the movie. I'm going to be entertained. So I'm being tricked by the entertainment hand. But in the other hand, there's a whole agenda being pushed to try to elevate the woman or women in general to replace men, to destroy the patriarch, right? That's the big thing nowadays with this feminism type of movement and agenda is, I mean, they come right out and say it. You can research this. They literally want to destroy the patriarch, which is really what our country was built on and how most families thrive. It's, it's the patriarch. The man is the leader of the household. And they're trying to destroy that. They're trying to corrupt it, pollute it, whatever you want to call it. This is very blatant. It's right in front of our face. And most of us are deceived and we're not, our eyes are not open. We're not seeing it. But I'm trying to bring awareness to it. Because this is a big problem. This is a big problem and there's a reason why I felt called to start this show and why some men are now rising up and saying, listen, we better wake up now. Because if we don't, This takeover is going down. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to have a big mess on our hands. We already do. But we're going to have an even greater mess on our hands that we're going to have to fight for and undo a lot of what's already been done. So it's time to wake up. It's time to sound the alarm. And and we need to be watchmen on the wall. We need to be leaders, period. We need to restore the patriarchy, right? Anyway, just going on a little rant there, but I just wanted to recap some of that and just give my thoughts on uh, some of the agenda that's being pushed because we we need to keep bringing awareness to this. And uh, this is a real thing. This is really going on. And it's causing a lot of chaos and disorder, right? 
We need to restore law and order. So anyway, getting into more of what I wanted to talk about in this episode, I wanted to pose a question to you as a man. What makes you come alive? When was the last time you did something where you felt completely alive? What was it? Where were you? Who were you with? Were you by yourself? Now, just sharing a little bit about my experiences, I'm a huge fitness guy, and a lot of what makes me come alive is when I'm testing myself, because I believe every man needs to know his strength. Like, do I have strength? Am I a powerful man? Can I turn that switch on at a moment's notice? When I challenge myself with certain fitness endeavor or workout, I feel like I come alive. Like I'm, I'm conquering this test that is in front of me, this physical, mental, emotional, spiritual test. Like I'm putting myself through the gauntlet. One experience that was very unique was, I don't know if any of you know about the Jacob's Ladder machine in a gym. But basically, it's like an angled machine, like an incline type of machine that has a bunch of rungs attached to it that you have to climb on on an angle. So you're literally in a bear crawl position on your hands and your feet, and you're crawling up this kind of never-ending ladder, right? Jacob's Ladder. When I was at a gym as a trainer, I seen very few people use this machine, And I always wondered why. Until I went on it myself for the first time, you know, you got to strap your, the belt around your waist that's attached to the machine and then you're crawling and it doesn't actually turn on. Like when you get on it and the belt's attached to you and you start going, you're propelling the belt yourself. So however much weight and pressure you're pushing down on the rungs, that's how fast it's going to go. So first time I was on it, I mean, I may have been on for a few minutes and I was gassed. And I'm a pretty fit guy. I was gassed, out of breath, like, what the heck is this? And so I said to myself, I'm going to conquer this thing. Because I knew right then and there, this was the hardest machine in this gym, period. How do I know that? Because rarely anybody was on it. It's like people were afraid of it. And in my head, I'm saying, I'm going to conquer this thing. You're mine. And so one Super Bowl morning, I think this was back in 2019, somewhere around there. It was Super Bowl Sunday morning. I told the general manager, I said, I want a key to the gym because I want to do this Jacob's Ladder Mount Everest Challenge. And it's going to take me a long time to complete it, but I'm going to do it at one shot. And uh, I'm going to need to get in here early because otherwise, uh, when the gym's open, I'm going to be hogging this machine for quite a while. And so he allowed uh, me to have a key. Um, I woke up at about 3 a.m. that morning, got in there about 3.30 and started. Had no idea what I was about to feel or experience, but something was calling me. I needed to know, can I conquer this thing? Can I do something that most people have never, ever done or even thought about doing? I needed to. And so I was trekking on this thing, 
Now, the elevation of Mount Everest is 29,035 feet, roughly. That's a long distance. I mean, that, that it's like hearing that, you're like, okay. But to actually, like, climb that distance, it, it's, like, unfathomable. And so I'm trekking on this thing, feeling pretty good. I get to the point where sweat's starting to pour now. You know, you kind of get in that rhythm. It's like the first uh, 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes or so, you're like, you know, kind of hurting because you're trying to get warmed up, trying to get in the rhythm. And then once you get past that point, it's like, all right, I'm feeling good now. Got my stride. And so that's what happened. And then it wasn't until uh, I think it was about three and a half hours into it. Now, mind you, I haven't stopped yet. I got to 15,000 feet which was a little over halfway. And that took me about three and a half hours that I did nonstop on the Jacob's Ladder. Now, I want you to really picture this in your head, this machine where you're climbing on this never-ending ladder for three and a half hours straight that most people can't even do for five, ten minutes straight without being completely gassed. Now, I'm not sharing this to puff myself up and saying, oh my gosh, Nick is the greatest, and I'm not doing that. What I'm doing is I'm sharing an experience that made me come alive, right? So you can get an idea of what I'm talking about here. So I get to 15,000 feet. I take a break. I said, I, I need some fuel in me. Like, I'm, I'm really burnt right now. Three and a half hours straight doing the same exact motion. I got off the thing. I had some, you know, electrolytes, some protein shake and you know I think some other light food bananas stuff like that that I wanted to get in me and refuel so that I can get back on there and finish the second half so you know took about probably 15-20 minute or so break to refuel and I got right back on that thing as I got on for the second half you know now people are starting to come into the gym because the gym's starting to open now that whole first half I was completely by myself I mean it was pitch black out Again, I started at 3.30 a.m., so just to give you an idea, people start coming to the gym and they're seeing this maniac that's sweating his balls off and, and just looks like a maniac on this thing. And so I'm starting to draw attention. People are coming over. What are you doing, man? Like, And then so I had to calmly explain to them as I'm suffering through every minute that I'm on this thing. And so... Eventually get to the point where I'm getting close to the end. More and more people come over to me. They're asking me, do I need anything? Like people are like feeding me some of my food that I had, like that I'm like literally still moving on the machine and they're like handing me food and I'm like kind of feeding myself as I'm still going because I didn't want to stop anymore. I took one break and I wanted to finish the second half nonstop. I get to the end and... I complete this thing, 29,035 feet, in I think it was about 7 hours and 48 minutes, if I recall. I know it was under 8 hours, but that's how long it took me to complete the whole challenge. 7 hours and 48 minutes on the same machine, doing the same motion. My hands went numb. Um, I think I had nerve damage in my fingers for about three weeks after that. I was hoping that feeling would come back, and thankfully it did. I know I had blisters on my hands. I think I burned 
well over 2,000 calories for the entire session. And uh, muscles were extremely taxed, if you can only imagine. So I was sore for days. But yet, I felt alive. I felt like I just conquered something and did something that most would never even experience in their lifetime. And that's not putting anyone else down and lifting me up. That's not what I'm saying. I just felt so alive because it was like, how did you just pull that off? What was it inside of you that made you keep going? How could you keep going despite the pain? Like you're, you're talking almost eight hours. It's, it's insane. And yet I just kept telling myself, take another step. Take another step. And I kept praying silently, God, give me strength. I need strength. I know you can help me. I know you'll help get me through this. And I started leaning on God to fill me with his strength. Because I, again, going back to that verse in the Bible that says, For when I am weak, then I am strong. I believe wholeheartedly, because of my own experiences, that the Bible is true when it talks about this because I've experienced tremendous amounts of weakness physically for sure because of all the crazy fitness stuff I've done over the years but also mentally, emotionally, spiritually I was so weak in those moments on that ladder I had no choice but to draw on something else for strength mine was tapped and I needed reserves. I needed something to lift me up. And God came through. He gave me the strength. He gave me the stamina and kept telling me, keep going, keep going. You got this. You do have what it takes. You can come through. And as I finished, it was like just this huge sense of accomplishment. Like, wow, I was alive in all my pain in all my weakness. It's like I just leveled up. I gained a new strength that I never knew was possible. So again, I share that to provoke you to think about what was the last thing you did that made you feel alive? What was it? Have you stopped doing those things? When's the last time you've been tested in mind, body, and soul? See, we love to play it safe nowadays and society has taught men to just be a corporate man not necessarily take it easy but play it safe get a nine to five job get a salary get benefits play it safe you'll live a good life is playing it safe a good life is that really a good life i think back to that braveheart movie that quote that says all men die, but not every man truly lives. I believe there's something inside of us as men that die as we get older, as we're told to just be more responsible, just work, provide for your family, which I believe are very essential things for us to do as a man. But we lose ourselves. We start living our lives through our kids or through professional sports players and we uh, just long for the weekends where we can get on the golf course and have that little bit of fun time with our guy friends. But when's the last time you've been tested 
as a man. This is why I love competition and why I believe it's so necessary more now than ever because uh, sports have become so soft. And I know that every man can agree with me on this. If you don't agree, then you're deceived. I'm sorry. But sports have become extremely soft. There's so many rules nowadays, and it's like, oh, don't hit each other. Play it safe. Everybody is a winner. You get your participation points. You get a trophy no matter what happens. This destroys the heart of men because we are built for competition. We are built to go head-to-head against other men like mano e mano type style where we know at the end of that sporting event or fight or whatever it is that we either are strong enough because we won or we lost but even still we know where we're at and we know how much work needs to be done so that we can win again going back to when we are weak then we are strong how do you know what it means to be a winner if you've never lost if you've never tasted what losing feels like i feel like i've always been one that hated to lose more than i loved to win and maybe that was the wrong mentality to have but i can't deny that fact that i just hated to lose there's a reason for that i believe it's like we need to know why did i lose What do I need to do to win? Because I hate that feeling of losing. And we have to experience that to appreciate and enjoy the wins all the more. So initiation, the invitation into initiation. I believe in the heart of every man is a desperate desire for a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to love. Those three things a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to love. See, there's been war going on between good and evil from the very beginning. How do we know this? Well, we can look throughout all of history and know of all the different wars, battles, and things that people have fought for, for freedom and whatnot. But again, going back to the Garden of Eden, where all it all started, They ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They didn't know that evil even existed before they ate from that tree, before their eyes were opened, before they knew that they were naked, before sin entered. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says. The gift of God is eternal life. The wages of sin is death. When sin entered, that's when the knowledge of good and evil entered as well. The eyes were open. Now we see. Now we know. Oh my gosh. There's war. There's good and evil. See, all they knew was good at that point before then. Now there's this awareness. There's a good and an evil. And we've seen this. We know this is true. What has been the hardest battle or challenge that you've had to fight through in your life? How did you respond? Did you conquer it? Does it still haunt you? What have you learned from it? Did you feel like you got stronger or weaker from the battle? This is something to think about. 
What was the hardest time in your life? What came of that? Did it make you better or worse? Does it still haunt you to this day? I know for me, the hardest time in my life was about a few years ago, going through my divorce, hearing from an anonymous person that my ex-wife had had an affair. That was extremely difficult for me to handle. And not only just hearing that, but what ensued after that, being lied to, not knowing what my future was going to look like anymore, because obviously, like, in my mind, I'm committed to one woman for the rest of my life. That's what I believed. Like, this is it. So my plan in my mind is I'm, I'm not thinking anything else. But I had no choice now. This fell into my lap, and I had to deal with it. I had to figure out, well, what's next? And I didn't know. So a lot of that scared me, and it was a lot of question marks, and it was a tremendous amount of stress that I was put in. And it was this mystery of what is going to happen next. Am I going to lose my house? Do I have to go back and live with my parents again? Like, what, what does this all look like? And so I had a battle in front of me that I had to fight. And I fought. And I had family fight for me as well. And there was this unique comfort and camaraderie that surrounded me in the hardest time of my life. That people literally, like, picked me up said, we're going to fight through this together. They may not have told me that exact thing, but in their actions, they showed me. My one brother literally like helping me to save my house, which I'm so incredibly grateful for because I would not have it without him or my mom or my other brothers or my whole family. Like, the support, the love, the fight, and everyone else picked me up and it taught me valuable lessons and it helped me to get through the hardest point in my life. And I've learned the most valuable lessons from the most tremendous amounts of pain and suffering and stress. And so I recall these things. And that's why I want to ask you and bring this to the light. And say, think about this. Think about the hardest point in your life to this day. Did you conquer it? If you didn't conquer it, why didn't you conquer it? What can you still do now to fix it, to make things right? Do you still have unforgiveness towards someone? Have you talked to your parents in a long time? Do you have a relationship with them? Did you confront the trauma from your past? If you were molested, if you were cheated on, if you were abandoned, right? If you were abused, have you healed those wounds from your past? This is very important for us as men to face those fears, to face the wounds, to reopen them, to rip the band-aids off and say, I'm going to heal this completely. I'm not going to keep band-aiding it anymore. I'm not going to keep running from it. I'm not going to keep just allowing these addictions to keep control of my life of whatever it is. Smoking, drinking, taking drugs, porn, playing video games, avoiding whatever I know that needs to be confronted. Every man needs to know that he is strong, that he's to be respected, to be feared. Do people respect you or do they fear you? Are you just looked at as a nice guy, like Mr. Rogers? That was me. I was probably more like Mr. Rogers than anyone else. Mr. Nice Guy. I remember all the girls in middle school dancing with all the other guys as I would sit there by myself most times. Girls didn't want to be with me. They always said, man, he's, he's so nice. I wish, I wish you, guys, you guys would be more like him. But yet, 
they would never want to be with me. They would never want to choose me. They always had nice things to say about me. He's a nice guy. He's so kind, so caring. Is that what men really want to hear? We need to know our strength. We need to be tested in order to know our strength. But it's not enough that we just have a battle to fight. We need someone to fight for. Fighting for your woman, your family, your children, or even for your own home, like in my case. It's not enough to just be a hero. It's that we as men are a hero to someone in particular, to the woman that we love, to our wife. See, I believe that women yearn to be pursued, to be fought for, to be caught up into an adventure and into a battle that together as man and woman, joined together as one flesh, can journey through life, can fight these battles head on together. That because you are together as one, you are stronger versus being separate as two individuals. See, I believe the, the problem in most relationships, and this has been my own experiences, that most of us as men, we make the women the adventure. We turn it all about the women. It's all about her. Happy wife, happy life, right? We always hear that. We always joke about that. Is that really what it's about? Is that really what it's about in a relationship? Just keep your wife happy and your life will be happy. What if that's not the case? What if that's not what it's meant to be? What if women don't really want to be the point of focus or the adventure? What if they want to be caught up into the adventure with you? That you as a leader are leading the charge in fighting these battles in life. And she is being the helper. She is fulfilling her role as a woman in helping the man to conquer whatever it is he needs or they need to conquer together. When the woman becomes the adventure and the sole purpose and she's put up on that pedestal, it's all about her. I got to make her happy. If she's not happy, I got to do what I got to sacrifice whatever. I got to do whatever it takes. And trust me, I believe as men, we need to lay our lives down for our women. Just like the Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for the church for all of mankind. In that same way, we as husbands, as men, are to love our wives in that same way, laying our lives down to serve them. But I believe by doing that, that doesn't just mean do whatever it takes to make them happy. They want to be invited into the adventure, into the things that you need to fulfill as a man. Why? Because women are the helper. God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper that is fit for him. The woman is the helper. She elevates the man, brings him into a position, encourages him, builds him up, loves him in such a way and respects him in such a way to take the lead. But she's going to give insight. She's going to be the supplemental position that lifts him up. And together, they're caught up into something special. Now to wrap this up, I know this went on longer than what I had said. I'm trying to keep these episodes shorter, preferably no longer than 20 minutes. I know this one is getting into the 40 minute range, but I had a lot that I wanted to share and a lot just kept coming to me. To sum all this up, I want you to ask yourself, what makes you come alive? When was the last time you've been tested? If you haven't been tested in a while, guess what? I think it's time to rock the boat. I think it's time to be put 
into a situation where you are going to be put through the fire. But as you be refined in the fire, you're going to be tested and you're going to know your strength. You're going to know where you stand. You're going to know what needs to be worked on to be the man that you're called to be. Stay tuned for the next episode where we're going to be talking more about having that beauty to love, knowing what it means to be a man in relationship, how we can learn from our past mistakes, and to know that the battle itself is not enough. A man yearns for romance. We want that woman to love. We want that woman to fight for, right? Beauty and the beast, the woman in the castle, that we got to fight the dragon, that we got to fight the boss to win the woman. Women yearn to be fought for, to be cherished, to be loved, to be the beauty. And we're going to learn, we're going to dissect that and the importance for men to not just fight battles for himself, but also for his woman, for his children, his family, for his possessions, for his home, his territory. Stay tuned. There's a lot more to come. There's a lot more we're going to unveil. This is the pandemic that we live in right now. It's time to build immunity. It's time to go from emasculation to initiation. And most of all, it's time to make men strong again. (laughs) 